Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is The Jesse Kelly Show. I saw another hour of The Jesse Kelly Show. I saw the Republicans introduced a resolution to remove Kamala Harris as borders are. And I saw that, uh, I think it was in the New York Post, Joe Biden was lamenting that she doesn't take anything off of his plate. Well, she wasn't put there to take anything off your plate, Joe. You you announced to everybody, you announced to the world publicly that you were going to pick only a black woman as your VP. Well, you hired somebody for the color of her skin and for her gender, and you're shocked she doesn't perform? Really? Besides... I know her history is unloading things, but she's not going to do that for you. Dr. Jesse, why are there so many helicopter parents? I see so many parents micromanaging every aspect of their kids' lives and treating them like they're fragile porcelain dolls. We're raising a generation of wimpy, dependent kids. It didn't used to be like this. What gives? We became a society led by women instead of led by men. That's what gives. 
And by the way, I don't care if you're offended. That doesn't mean anything to me. You can email me, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. So many of the problems we have now is because we are a feminized society. And women are caring and nurturing, and that's just the way they are. It's, it's the old stereotype of the kid learning how to ride a bike. And he falls off, and mom wants to run over there and hold him as he cries and tell him it'll be okay. And the dad, the stereotypical dad, says, suck it up, get back on a bike, and get riding. Well, we're a nation now run by that mom. Because we're a nation run by that mom, it's it's honestly, most of this is done out of love. We believe that our children should avoid challenges and avoid heartbreak and avoid things. Like, when my kids come home from school and tell me, hey, coach was hard on me today. Hey, this teacher's mean. My kids have this one teacher in school who's just a She's just a horror, just an awful, awful, just an absolute nightmare. I think she legitimately despises children, and she's just mean to all of them. I love it. I'll tell her, do you think when you graduate high school and you go out into the work world, or God forbid you go to college, but when you think you graduate high school and go out into the work world, you think you're never going to have anyone in charge of you who sucks? Almost every job I've ever had, I've had to work with somebody I hated. You probably do, too. This is one of the first. It, it, this is how life is. But because we're a society run by women, we and the reason for that is men's fault, by the way. I need to be clear about this. Weak men handed this over. We gave this over to them. They didn't take it. You gave it to them. They're not strong enough to take it. Their wrists are too weak. You gave it over to them. And now... We're a society getting weaker and more and more feminized. This is the way it is now. Because you're right. I see it all the time. I see it. You know what? You know what just blows me away? It floors me. And I know this is a tiny thing. And I'm never going to say anything because it's not my business. You raise your kids how you want. But we'll go to, uh, like, we're going to a carnival this weekend. We're going to a carnival. I guarantee you I will see some parents with their child in a stroller. And I don't mean a baby. I'm talking a kid who's five, six, seven years old. His legs are dang near touching the ground. He'll be pushed around in a stroller. Are you kidding me? I'm going to make my son wake up tomorrow morning and go for a run. Go run two miles. Come back when you're sweaty and tired. It's crazy to me what parents do. My kids have been packing their own lunches since they were, gosh, seven or eight years old. They make their own breakfast. Make their own dinner. Make eggs. It's you go do it. They have a list of chores around the home. Your responsibility. And not only that, I don't want to have to tell you to do it. That's child crap. You notice that this needs done. The trash needs taken out. The dishwasher needs unloaded. Dig in and do it. Don't make me have to tell you to do it. But, again, I, I know it's done out of love. Parents do this stuff out of love. But I have always approached, not that I'm right, you know, I'm not, I'm not claiming I'm some great father, but I have always approached fatherhood of my children with the intention that my job is to prepare them for the world. That's my job. Yes, I love them. I love them to death, but I'm trying to get them ready. So when I kick that little birdie out of the nest, he actually knows how to fly. We got 30 year old kids living at home these days. Living in their ba- living in their parents' basement or parents' apartment, and not only living there because everyone falls on hard times. Maybe you're on hard times. Maybe you lost your job. Maybe you had to move in with mom and dad. So I'm not judging that, but I'm saying living there and happy to. I, I talked to a, a guy the other night, 
and his cousin, we were, we were talking about this kind of this very subject and his cousin, get this. His cousin is 36 years old, 36 years old. And he was out golfing with his cousin. They had played 18 holes and he asked his cousin, Hey, you want to do another nine holes? And his cousin said, no, I need to get home. My parents are going out for steak tonight, and they're bringing me some leftovers. He had to run home so mom and dad could bring him dinner. 36 years old, he lives with them. Come on now. But hey, this is what it is, man. It's, this is the society we have now. Dr. Jesse, I know you like to tackle the tough issues on your show. I need your help settling a debate with the boys. It was announced that Lauren Boebert is going to be a grandma. We all know she's in serious contention for to be back-to-back champ for hottest women of Congress. Does the announcement of her being a grandma put her on the Mount Rushmore of grandmas? Not just Congress, but all time. America needs the Oracle to weigh in. Well, man, she's got to be up there, right? She's got to be up there. I don't look. Nancy Pelosi was hot back in her day. Grandma Vodka, what she was, Chris. No, Chris, don't say that. Gosh, Chris, what is? I not <laughs> Chris. I'm not even going to repeat what Chris just said about Nancy Pelosi and her physical stature. That's terrible, Chris. Gosh, I'm getting a little bit worried. We were in here watching you and. The T-shirt, we're, you're on camera. The T-shirt, she, isn't that Senator Coons? What the hell you been doing, Coons? Yeah, I don't know, man. Anyway. Oh, gosh, I still can't believe these people lead the country. It really is, it is, uh, it is something. Oh, I love this one from, from Kennedy, uh, Senator Kennedy to Janet Yellen. Isn't it a fact that the president's proposed budget proposes $4.7 trillion in new taxes? It does. It does propose significant additional taxes. Yes. Four point seven trillion. Something like that. Yes. Okay. Something like that. Well, I'm just the Treasury Secretary. I don't know all the details. Remember this: the worst people in the world lead our country right now. They do. They're. They're. They've infected this entire government. And as we go into these financial rocky times to put it mildly they're going to be rocky the government isn't going to tighten its belt at all because we always have to keep in the back of our minds what are these people how do they see themselves remember no love of country no connection to the real world and they see themselves as kings and queens remember in their mind when they look out at the american people they don't care about you at all they don't care about the nation they don't care about any of it you you're just something they can blood suck to fulfill all of their hopes and dreams. So as this recession comes on us and comes on us quickly, and it's going to probably be pretty rough out there for a while, given the, the news today about Deutsche Bank and everything else, it's going to be rough out there for a while. They're not going to hold back on anything they want. They're not going to pull back in even the tiniest way. They're going to look at you and your paycheck. And they're going to pillage it, man. Find ways to save money. Hey, remember, you can always get a steer or split a steer, a cow. You can split a cow with people. It's an easy way to save money. It's something we did. We got a deep freezer. We went in with two other couples because they're expensive. And we, we had a steer slaughtered. 
Now, we have a freezer full of ground beef, full of ground beef. And when you have two boys like mine, you cannot comprehend how much ground beef you will eat. We save a fortune now. Go price ground beef. And I look at what the steer is. Trust me, we penciled it out. It's a great way to save money. we got to find ways right now to put more money back in our pocket. Who's your cell phone provider? What's your cell phone bill every month? You know, I tell you to switch to Pure Talk for a lot of reasons, not just their support of veterans, not just that they're CEOs of veterans, not just for American customer service, not just because you shouldn't be paying Verizon or AT&T or T-Mobile, but let's just get down to the nitty-gritty here. Average family saves $1,000 a year. Could you use 1000 more dollars in your pocket as the value of your dollar free falls and interest rates go up? $1,000 a year? My bill for a family of four, it got cut in half, in half. When I switched to Pure Talk, man, put money in your pocket now and start banking more money now. And that money you save with Pure Talk, save it. Don't spend it on something. Pocket it right now, all right? Switch, though. It's easy. You keep your phone and number. Ten minutes on the phone to put $1,000 in your pocket? Pick your phone up. Dial pound 250 and say Jesse Kelly. That'll save you even more money because that saves you an additional 50% off your first month. Pound 250, say Jesse Kelly and switch to Pure Talk. All right? All right. That's enough about Pure Talk. Let's get to small talk. Some lady has a situation that I believe we have all faced in our lives. Apparently this one was when she went in for a massage and the masseuse wouldn't stop talking. This has gone this has been the bane of my existence. And now not the whole massage part thing, but the small talk when you don't want to talk. Maybe I'm jaded and wrong. Maybe we should dig into this. And maybe we'll talk a little bit more about uh the viciousness of the left. Hang on. Get the cure for rhinos. Weekdays with the Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and yes, I am aware that we are attacking Iran and Syria, and Iran's attacking us, and I'm also aware that we have no idea how to stop these attacks, as admitted by John Kirby himself. Iranian proxies have attacked um, U.S. forces about 78 times. Yeah with these unmanned aerial vehicles. That was since 2021, that's according to the Pentagon. So the question is, how do you stop it from happening again, John? And I appreciate the que- I appreciate the question. Look, uh, we uh, we're not seeking a conflict with Iran, as I said. Um, we've been very clear uh, with the Iranians uh, and with our partners about how serious we are, the mission that we're doing in Syria is, and how much we're going to protect uh, that mission. Uh, uh, Iran should not be involved in supporting these attacks uh, on uh, on our facilities or on our people. We've made that very very clear. Uh, we're going to continue to to be vigilant to monitor this as best we can all right let's let's deal with this really quickly here why can't we deal with it well we'll get into the weakness and stuff in a second but let's let's discuss the future because there's an old saying in the military that has been it's been in militaries forever this isn't new and it's certainly nothing i came up with but militaries screw up a lot because militaries are always fighting the last war They're always fighting a last war. You know what's crazy? And actually, this really, really saddens me. But you know what's crazy? Battleships. I mean, how cool are battleships? This huge ship with all these guns on it. It's just sick. Just a floating gun. And it's awesome. You know that battleships 
really didn't do very much good in World War II. And before that, you had to have ba- battleships. Battleships were everything. As soon as the modern battleships came into be, you needed battleships because they just had bigger guns and longer range and they could blow your ship out of the water. And the battleship was the bee's knees. The Brits, they had some sick battleships at the beginning of World War II. They floated them on down. Japan just shot them all right out of the water with their planes. You were building battleships. You were preparing for the last war when the new war was about planes. It was about air power. You were building battleships when you should have been building aircraft carriers. And they were building those too, don't get me wrong. But it was an aircraft carrier war because of the the firepower of planes. That was the first war where... First major, major, major war where planes were used as weapons, and I know they were used somewhat in World War One, but that was a lot of different. You had freaking guys ramming each other in planes. I'm not making that up. Anyway, but World War Two, it was an aircraft carrier war. Now, in the future, when it comes to naval things like that, we're probably still planning somewhat on an aircraft carrier war, but the truth is it's going to be a long-range missile war. Fly your air, float your aircraft carrier out here with all your fancy fighter jets and whatnot on it. Well, if your aircraft carrier and the jets on them have a range of, I'm making up these numbers, have a range of 500 miles, and I have a missile I can fire at you from a thousand miles away and send your aircraft carrier and all those ships to the bottom of the ocean, well, you didn't do very much good with that aircraft carrier, now did you? I bring that up because drones and drone warfare in ways that I'm not smart enough to see, right? I There are a bunch of really sharp military guys listening right now, and they'll know. But ways I'm not smart enough to see drones and drone warfare, they're going to be a huge part of war going forward. And I'm not just talking about the drones you already know about. A big Reaper drone in Afghanistan drops a cluster bomb on some terrorist head in the mountains. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about smaller more portable drones, drones that fit in your backpack, unmanned drones you can fly out there with explosives on them. So when it comes to Iran, when it comes to nations like this, what they have are explosive drones. So there's no man in it, and it's got a range, and they're hard to detect ahead of time, and they're really hard to detect and shoot down ahead of time, although we'll eventually develop better countermeasures for that. I'm not defending Joe Biden and John Kirby or whatnot, but when he says, you know, I'm not sure how to stop them, we really might not be sure how to stop them. That's a difficult thing to stop, and that will be the future of ground warfare. The ground warfare is going to be so heavily drone-focused. And I know we're building our own drones, and I don't want to sit here and act like we're not. We're, we're, We're doing a bunch of drone stuff ourselves, but this is something that is... It's coming. It's coming. Turkey's huge on these things. Now, these nations around the world are figuring out, hey, I don't have to necessarily have all the great equipment you have. I don't have to match you gun for gun. I don't have to have... If I have drones, I can even out the odds for myself significantly. And that is a huge portion of that. That's going to be what the the future wars look like. And there are going to be other parts of this that I don't see either. Remember, when it comes to warfare and the advancements in technology, what you're really dealing with is advancements in killing power and advancements in range, like we were just talking about before. Okay, I have this fighter jet. It can fly 500 miles, and it can drop a 500-pound bomb. 
But 10 years later, okay, I have this fighter jet. It can fly a 1,000 miles and drop a 10,000-pound bomb. Missiles get better range, get more killing power. Drones get better range, get more killing power. That's a huge part of why so many people died in World War One, and then even more died in World War Two. But even World War One, we'd never seen numbers like that before. And there had been huge wars, long wars. We'd never seen millions. What we'd never seen numbers like that before. Why? Well, all of a sudden, you didn't have to be right next door to a guy or even 100 yards away with a musket in your hand. I'll fire an artillery shell at you from 25 miles away and kill 100 of you with one shot. Range and killing power increase. All right? On that note, um, we do have extremely vulnerable systems technologically as well. Look, power plants, water treatment plants, our, our power system in general. By the way, uh, how are you going to eat? When the lights go out in your grocery store, in your area, when they take out a 20-mile radius around you, a 100-mile radius around you with an EMP that they launch from space, what is your family plan to not starve to death? And look, I hope this day never comes, but this day could easily come with the technology out there now. Are you ready? Buy Patriot Supply and make it easy for you. They have emergency three-month food kits prepped and ready to go. And they've got them $200 off right now. 2,000 calories a day. They're actually delicious. They even have drinks and snacks in there. But set that aside. How about just staying alive? Every person in your family, every person who lives with you, needs three months' worth of food. Save 200 bucks per kit. MyPatriotSupply.com, all right? MyPatriotSupply.com. All right, back to small talk. Hang on. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on a Friday and Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. And you can email during the show, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Back to the questions. We have a lot to get to, and I've, I haven't been that good. I haven't. Shut up, Chris. I've had more than three. There's, it's, I think there's, ah, uh, oh, man, it's only been like four. Dang. All right, I'm going to be better. Oracle, I went in for a massage recently, and the masseuse talked the entire time. I got to know how many kids they had, where they grew up, what they thought about the weather, etc. They did an amazing job as far as fixing the pain I was in, but I can't help but think it's like sitting on a plane, super awkward to carry on a conversation, and would be so much more enjoyable in silence. What are your thoughts? Well, this came from a lady, and I bring this up. Because this goes back to something we were talking about yesterday. Women are naturally nicer and naturally more apt to seek acceptance and be nice. It's why the wife is always trying to lecture me about being nicer. Please don't be rude. Jesse, that was rude. That's why I'm always getting things like that. Because she cares about what people think. I do not. I won't talk. You can start bringing it up. You can even start asking me questions if I'm in a situation where I don't want to talk. Now, it's not like I do this with normal people, but if I was in there getting a massage, not that I'd have a dude do it, but anyway, if I was in there getting a massage or a haircut, look, this applies to haircuts. I have a lady who cuts my hair. Same lady cuts my hair. And did you know that when I first started going to her, the haircut was good, even though I don't have very much of it to cut anymore, but she wanted to talk the whole time. Eventually, I just stopped. I stopped answering. 
You can ask me questions. You can do whatever. If I don't feel like talking, I'm not going to talk. And eventually she got the message. Now it doesn't say a word. Sits there, plays good music, cuts my hair, lets me check out of here. The problem is you're worried about being rude. Well, when you're worried about being rude, you're artificially making your life worse. Meaning your life would be better, markedly better, if you could just set aside your politeness. So the next time you're in there getting your pain worked on and he starts running his mouth, lay there in silence. Shoot, fart on him. That'll work too. What, Chris? Dear soon-to-be world-famous best-selling author Jesse, I really hope you see this email on one of the few days you decide to show up to work. That's not nice. If you could witness firsthand any event in history, what would it be? The first things that come to mind are D-Day and the Battle of Gettysburg. But ultimately, I think I would have to say a battle at the Coliseum. What would the Oracle choose and why? His name is Mike. Okay, I actually have one of these. But I don't like my answer. And my answer is always the same. Like you say D-Day. All right. And you say the Battle of Gettysburg or a battle in the Coliseum. My answer to this when I think about this is I would love to see, love to see a siege, an ancient siege, siege towers at the walls, gates being battered down, arrows, the works. That it fascinates me. It fascinates me endlessly in part because I can't see it. You know, D-Day, I have pictures, I have video. Now, it doesn't mean I was there. I'm not not saying that, but I have some idea of it. Even Gettysburg, I know we don't have video of it, but some idea of what it looked like. Do you know what we don't even know? How the shield and spear warfare actually worked? Did they run at each other? Did they walk up to each other? Did they slam into each other and stay there just touching? Did they stay five feet away? Did they slam into each other and then back away? Like, these are basic things that they didn't write down back in the day that we don't know. But here's the, here's the reason I hate my answer. And actually, I hate all your answers, too. Not that they're bad answers. But here's the reason. When we think about these historical things, and I'm the same way. Like, I, I brought up the siege of a city. Why do I want to see it? Well, I want to see the battle and I want to see the siege towers and I want to see the pitch and I want to see everything else. But I think, I think we're underselling how horrible it would be to watch. I think most of these things we say we want to see, I think we would regret it almost immediately and we would look away and we cover up our eyes and ears. Violence is a terrible thing, man. It just watching people die, hearing people die. It just, it's a really, really ugly thing. And we get conditioned with, with movies and TV and even books, even accurate, factual books. We get conditioned to think of it more like, and I'm, I'm very guilty of this, to think of it more like a movie or a good story. But that's somebody's brother who's getting a spear shoved into his eyeball. You know, that's somebody's wife who's going to have some barbarian kick down her door and be horrible to her once the gates are breached and they come flood the city. That's somebody's child who's going to be put in chains and marched off to slavery for the rest of their life. When you talk about your D-Day or, or Battle of Getty, Gettysburg is a great example. I, I, I think I'd want to see it, 
But then when you think about guys getting shot and stabbed and, and look, they call for their mothers. You know that, right? How many times would you have to hear that before you had instant regret that you chose a battle or warfare of some kind? I think you would regret it almost immediately. I think uh, the more wonderful parts of the history of the world are probably ones that I should answer that question to. But again, I'm the same way as you. I want, I want to see any siege. You could call it the Battle of Troy. I don't care what you call it. Pick a Roman, any one of the various Roman sieges out there. Look, you know we're going to Israel in July. One of the coolest things I've ever read about in my life is the siege of Masada. And we're going to Masada, as the Jesse Kelly Show family is going to Masada in, in July. Remember, you can look it up right now. It's still right there. It's a fortress that's up on top of this plateau. And the Romans couldn't get up there to get these uh, the zealots out. They were Jewish zealots. Uh, I won't go all the details of it. But they wanted them out. And the Romans couldn't get up there. There was only one road up. So the Romans built a ramp that didn't exist before. And still there. We're going we're gonna to see it. They built a ramp so they could haul their siege equipment up a ramp and go in. Man, I want to see that. But do I want to see that? They all had to draw straws because it's against Judaism to commit suicide. They all had to draw straws to kill each other in that fort before the Romans got there. That's sad. Look, it's a cool story. You're probably geeking out on it the same way I'm geeking out on it telling you the story. Do I actually want to see it and hear it, smell it? Probably not. Probably not. Was that too, was that too dark, Chris? It's just something, it's just, I think about it sometimes. We, we, especially dudes, we think about war and battles. It's how God made us. But we, so when we go back, we, we talk, think about going back in time and it's always a battle or something. Like, like even the Coliseum. Man, I'm right there with you. I want to see it. You know what? I'd want to see animal fights. You know, there was a special kind of gladiator, a different kind. Some were to fight men. Some were to fight animals. They actually had the lowest life expectancy, the animal ones. And, I, when I find out that gladiators used to go into the Colosseum with nothing but a spear and take on a rhinoceros in a fight to the death, I say to myself, I want to see that. But do I want to see him get killed by a rhino rhinoceros? Or even, look, if he wins, I don't want to see a rhinoceros die. I like rhinoceroses. I, they're, they're cool. I, but if you ask me in a vacuum without thinking about it, I'm like, yeah, I want to go see a rhino fight. I don't really want to see a rhino get a spear shoved into its eye. I don't want to hear it. I don't. But I'm with you. All right. Um, why are we still in Iraq? Somebody asked that question, and someone uh, he has concerns about: Is Trump still a system disruptor? We'll deal with that and more in a moment. Let's deal with something else right now. Let's deal with energy. No, I'm not talking about oil and gas. I'm talking about your personal energy. For the longest time, about the time I hit my late 30s, this is back when I was selling RVs, I really became a coffee freak. And I still love coffee, but I've cut myself down to two cups a day. But I was one of these afternoon two cups a day guys too, morning and evening. Why? I was running out of gas, man. Just running out of gas. And I have every excuse in the world. I was eating poorly. I wasn't working out enough. But I didn't have a male vitality stack from chalk running through my veins. Female vitality stack for the ladies. 
and not medicine. No more injections and crap like that. No more big pharma filth. All natural herbal supplements. And let's not forget, we're dealing with the most hardcore anti-communists I know. The boys at Chalk. 35% off subscriptions at Chalk. Man, the difference in the afternoon when you don't have a cup of coffee and you don't need it because you're bouncing off the walls, it's palpable. Chalk.com promo code JESSE. C-H-O-Q.com promo code JESSE. What, Chris? We can make jokes. It's fine. You got that right. The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. And I just want to remind you, before we get back to the Ask Dr. Jesse questions, I know sometimes that people can get down. And I actually have someone who emailed in who's down and things like that. I, I know you, you can get down. And sometimes you can get tired. We just get tired. You've only got so much emotional energy out there. And there's always some new big blow up every day. But do keep in mind that you are right. They are wrong. You're the good guy. They're the bad guys. These are the people you're up against. So if you're tired, take a quick break, step away for a couple days, and get back in the fight. This, bo- this bill is modeled after one that I know very well, uh, Florida's parental rights and the education law. Most of us know it as don't say gay. And don't say gay infringes on um, parents' rights, including LGBTQ plus and supportive parents. Bills like this make schools more hostile and make no mistake, it results in hate, bigotry, and yes, sometimes death of our students in schools. The other side wants your child to see pornography in school. Really, really sick, depraved pornography. Well, I guess, versus the really good pornography. But you know what I mean? They're, they're trying to show these things to your child in school. You're the good guy. They're the bad guys. Keep going, all right? Jesse, my son-in-law is in the Oregon National Guard. I was told recently his unit's going to be deployed to Iraq next year. What are we still doing in Iraq? Uh, His name is Doug. Uh, uh, Well, we keep a force of about 3,500 people in Iraq. We keep 3,500 people in Iraq. They say... So we always have some sort of presence in the region. We just want a presence in the region, like more of an outpost than anything else. What are we actually doing there? Not much at all. And Iraq has turned into, unsurprisingly, a murderous hellhole again. For some reason, tossing these dictators out of office never seems to work out the way we wanted. How's Libya doing after we got rid of Gaddafi? It's a disaster. It, This is something that's very difficult for Americans to understand and accept because we love freedom and we want the government small. We want everyone to have freedom. We want to be that shining city on a hill. We have these ideals and those are good. I'm not saying that's bad, but we do have to understand there are some parts of the world where they've had a different form of government, a different upbringing, different values their entire life. And they, they can't do freedom. They don't even know how. They don't even want it. You look at some dictator who runs some third world dump and you say he's evil and he's a monster. And, and you're probably right about all these things. He probably is evil and he probably is a monster. But then you say, we should get rid of him. Well, what if the people, what if the people aren't ready for that? What if the people in that area have been ruled by the strongest forever, and that if you, big bad American, go in and wipe him out, 
What if you're going to plunge that country into chaos as the strong men begin competing again to be number one? That's what's happening in Iraq. It happens all the time. It's easy to look at a dictator and tell him he's a piece of trash. It usually is. But removing him from office has not been successful at all. And we don't like to hear that. We don't like to hear that at all. But that was understood in this country for the longest time. Mind your own business. Even when it comes to things like World War II, you look at Hitler, who's you know worst, worst human being who ever lived, along with Mao and Stalin and whatnot. We weren't getting involved in World War II because of Hitler. We were never going to get involved in World War II just because some piece of trash who hates Jews took over Germany. Not our problem. That was America's, that was America's foreign policy. Mind your own business. We only ever got involved because the Japanese bombed us and then that moron Hitler declared war on us before we did it on him. What an idiot. But we weren't going to get involved. And, and you can say to yourself, well, we should have, but we bounced the last guy they had and it plunged that country into a horrific chaos that created the conditions for that piece of trash to rise to power. Foreign policy is never as simple as we make it out to be. Foreign policy is a complicated affair. And I'll tell you something else to bring this all the way home. And I, it's not great to say, but it is true. I'm not so sure that Americans are ready for freedom anymore. Chris says they're not. I, look, you, look, look at what's happening out there right now. What are we doing on the right? What are we doing every day? We're out there banning things. I want to ban this. I want to ban you from showing this to children. I want to ban this and ban that. And I'm not complaining about that. We're banning transgender surgeries for kids and banning this. And you can't do this. But understand this. We shouldn't be in a society where you have to ban trans surgery for children. The fact that you have to ban it in this country now tells you that the arc of our nation is not aiming towards freedom at all. We are aiming towards a bigger and more powerful government. And what's going to happen now is we're going to be at each other's throats to see who controls that government and uses that power on the other side. That's where we are now. People talk about Ron DeSantis and what he did in, what he did to Disney in Florida. That's an abuse of government power. Look, this is just a personal opinion of mine. I'm not saying you have to echo it. If I was running things in Florida, I would have shut Disney World down. I would have sent the state police in there. Your major corporation that has publicly announced they are dedicating themselves to the sexual grooming of children. You don't get to keep operating in my state. Disney World would be a parking lot if I was governor of Florida. Now, is that small government? No. It's not like I think that's a great thing to have to do. But I also can't have all of corporate America trying to tell my son to cut his penis off. So I have to try to do something about it. I don't know that we as a nation are ready for freedom. I don't know that we are. Got to protect the kiddos though, right? Got to protect them from these corporations. We do. We have to protect what goes into their eyes and ears. Shoot. In this country, we got to protect them before they're born. You know the abortion pill now is half of the abortions in the nation? You know why they've done that, right? They did it to make it sound easy for a woman. I'll just take this. Just take this and it'll go away. It depersonalizes it to a level that women are half the women are choosing that now. This is the battle of our time. We have to save those little babies. 
pre-born is out there waging that battle for us in the highest abortion areas pre-born is out there giving these scared young women an ultrasound for free she hears the heartbeat overwhelmingly she chooses life when she hears that heartbeat there's something magical about it and then they don't just toss her out hey thanks for coming in if she needs substance abuse help they give it to her domestic violence help they give it to her diapers formula up to two years of care it's not just that they allow that baby to be born allow that woman to make the right choice they stand alongside her after she does that's what you're doing when you support preborn. They ask you for 28 bucks. 28 bucks buys that ultrasound. You can give them 28,000 if you want. It's all tax deductible. But go to preborn.com slash Jesse. All right? Preborn.com slash Jesse. All right. Is Trump still a system disruptor and adoption? Hang on. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., we dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.